0: real man sports podcast. I was on vacation last week. I didn't do one, but doing one for week 10 this week. I know it's Saturday, but you know, this podcast isn't like so actionable in terms of who to start and sit. So I don't really care about the timing of it. In any event, just giving you an update. I've been tracking my bets and fantasy teams since the preseason and it's going pretty well. Actually I, in my NFFC, I've got a seven and two team, two, six and threes and two, five and fours, no losing teams in the NFFC. Some of them aren't doing great on points. One of them, actually, the primetime one, which is six and three, is third in its league at points and not too far out of first. And that's obviously the highest stakes one. So I'm encouraged about that. I've got good players. ETN just became, you know, a borderline first, second round pick. And, you know, he was terrible for several weeks. So I've just gotten that. But, you know, my three big investments this year were Barkley, who's been good so far. ETN, who now looks like it's a good investment, even though, Hasn't totally paid off. It's just been the last couple of weeks. And then Elijah Moore, who the Jets are now moving into the slot. And I think he could be a big factor. And maybe in the fantasy playoffs, you know, he's a difference maker. So I'm feeling pretty good. Knock on wood, I've been pretty lucky injury-wise. I haven't had too much, too many bad ones. Uh, Javante Williams was a bad one, but that was just two leagues. So mostly uh, I've been lucky. And it's going well. So that, that's good. The, the primetime one would be great because I was in one primetime last year. I won it. And I'm in a prime time this year. And it's, you know, again, I don't want to jinx myself, but it's definitely live, this one. It's probably the best team. You know, Ramondre Stevenson's on by and it's no big deal. I've got ETN and, and Barkley this week as my running back. So, okay, no big deal. I've got Ramondre next week. You know, I've got AJ Brown at wide receiver. And so, you know, we'll see. We'll see if this, this team really uh, can do it. But it's, it's in a good spot. The one team that's bad out of the seven is, you know, and oh, and the, the Vegas league I'm drafting is really good. It's a QB flex league. And I got Geno Smith I picked up and I've got Deshaun Watson coming back. And I have Kyler Murray and, and Danny Dimes, who haven't, you know, Kyler Murray's been a bust, but you know, in a two-QB league, as long as he's playing every week, it's all that really matters. And I've got ETN Barkley and Kenneth Walker in that league. So that one's good. The only one that's bad, and it could be really bad, is the stake league, where I lost Javante Williams and I lost Jamar Chase, and I'm really. I think I can cobble it together. I got Deonta Foreman and I made some decent moves, but picked up Justin Fields, but idiotically left him on my bench for Rogers against the Lions last week. And that cost me 22 points, which I really could not afford. But as long as I'm not double buying, I think I can live with it, but I'm almost certainly going to be a single buyer the way the point totals are shaking out. So that'll be bad. And you know, after the damage I've done in the last two decades to those people at the steak dinner, that people are going to make me pay but it's kind of it's kind of sad for the double buyer. So if I'm just a single buyer, then people may say, oh, look, there's a chance to get him back and order like crazy. And then the double buyer is going to get got doubly. But, hey, you know, that's, again, that's just the way it goes. That's that's a, a lesson that he's learning in terms of roster management and, and effort for the following season. So it's all good uh, except for the stake league. My picks against the spread are 24, 20, and 1. That's probably drawing dead. I'd have to pick it like 80%-ish to get into the running the rest of the way, 82% or something, which you know you never want to say never, but it's unlikely. But the Circa Millions has little like quarterly prizes too. So the next the third quarter starts this week. I guess weeks 10 through 13 is the third quarter. So if you were to win, say, you know what is that, 20 games? If you were to win 18 games or 17 games in that span, you could win, I don't know, 15K or something like that and then there's other prizes for the second half and things like that. So I'm still picking. I feel good about this week's picks this week. There's two. I really like, I love the giants just, just laying four and a half at home. I just think that's kind of ridiculous. The Texans are a doormat. The giants are six and two. and I know they've won some close games, but they're coming off a bye. Texans can't stop the run. It just seems four and a half at home. That should have been like six and a half, seven, in my opinion, and then the other obvious one to me was the Niners laying seven at home against the Chargers. The Chargers are missing Bosa, Rashawn Slater. They're missing both their starting receivers. They're missing JC Jackson, their top cornerback. I mean, this team is decimated by injuries. It's poorly coached. They're going into San Francisco to play a rested team that now has McCaffrey and Kittle healthy and the, and the whole slew of weapons and a good defense. I just think the Niners are going to destroy them and – I don't know why that's seven. That should have been like, I made it seven and a half, but now I looked into it. I'd make it nine and a half, 10. So I really like the Niners. The other three I, I ended up taking were Seattle getting three in Germany. I just think that it, at best, it should be a pick em. And really just based on the the play, of the season, Seattle should be a three point favorite. It's just that there's still some value being given to Tampa based on their, you know, preseason grading and value being subtracted from Seattle based on its preseason grading. But I think the sample is big enough and convincing enough that that's a mispricing. I could see Tampa winning and you know regressing back to the mean for both those teams. But I'm certainly not going to bet on that. I'm going to bet against it. I really like the team getting 11 and a very short trip to Philly, a rival that they know. And I think that they'll be up for the undefeated rival. I think that's an easy game for them to get way up for. And the team is not a doormat. They're not great, but they're not a doormat. And so I like it. But I've, I stayed away from that. And I also stayed away from the Colts getting six and a half in the contest, even though that line's going down to four betters have added down. And the thing that almost pushed me to the Colts was I was kind of 50, 50 on that. But Joe Thomas had this rant on one of the football shows saying that it was an insult to coaches that they, that they hired Jeff Saturday and coaches work so hard. And he, and he goes into the story that he used to live next to Rob Chudzinski. I guess he was his coach in like 2014 or something. And how Chudzinski worked so hard, stayed in the office so long. Um, and that's what coaches have to do, that he, he barely saw his family. He saw them once a week during the football season and, and sacrificed so much. And just to have Saturday, who's a buddy of the owner, just get the job is insulting. And then I looked it up like Chudzinski's record with the Browns that year was four and 12. So he's he's ranting about, you know, the hard work of a particular guy who was a terrible coach. And it's just a reminder that you know the, the input of your work, oh, I look at how many hours I put in, look how many words I wrote in this article. Um, that doesn't mean shit. It's just the output that matters, right? It's the value you're offering to other people that matters, not how much work you put in. That guy didn't see his family and got four wins out of it. He should have seen his family more, obviously. Would have been a better use of his time than uh, coaching a uh, a bad team. So who knows? You know, Maybe Saturday is terrible, but just seeing a glimpse into the square mindset, of someone like Joe Thomas probably just trying to curry favor with the coaches around the league of, you know, respecting them so much. And it was just such sanctimonious bullshit that I almost wanted to take the Colts, even though I made that line six and a half, which is what it is in the uh, circa millions, but it's down to four, but I've, I stayed away from that. The other ones I used, uh, I said, Seattle, I used dolphins minus three and a half at home against the Browns. I made that line like six and a half, seven. I think the Browns got a big boost from that blowout win against the the Bengals. I just think the, the setup fell well for them, and they're on a bye, which is good for the Browns, but I don't think they're that good. I think Jacoby Brissett is bad, and I think the Dolphins will get to him, and I think the Dolphins will move the ball at will, so I, I like that. I also took the Bears minus three. It was two and a half earlier in the week, and I would have loved two and a half. Um, the Lions used to be kind of gritty, and every game was tough, but they've kind of gotten softer lately. They haven't really played tough against everybody the way they were, and maybe losing over time has, takes a toll takes, you know, gets the enthusiasm taken down a bit. And I think the bears are they They have a reason to be excited with Justin Fields playing the way he has. And so give me the bears minus three. I think they'll just light up the lines. I think the lions will move the ball too. I mean, the bears got rid of Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith the last couple of weeks. So their defense has to be one of the league worst, but give me uh, fields over Jared Goff in this situation. So those are my picks feeling good about my fantasy teams I'm, in, I'm really enjoying football this year. I'm looking forward to it. The fact that the Giants are good, that's been a huge, that's been huge for me. I, I just It's really made my enjoyment of the season a lot better. I just feel positive about where they're going with Dable and it's been fun seeing Barkley do well. And I've got a bunch of bets that are, I have the Giants, an alternative over, I think it was an alternative over of seven. No, it was eight maybe, and I'm getting plus 230 for that. So they're already at six. They better get to eight. If they get to eight, I think I get, 230 bucks. You know, just some bets are coming in. Some long shot bets are still in play. Barkley to lead the league in rushing 35 to one. He's third now because Chubb is slightly ahead of him. But then Derek Henry went ahead of him. And Henry is very dangerous because can run for 200 yards. And you know, he's going to have the most carries if he stays healthy. But I'm just glad at 35 to one that, you know, through week nine, that this is a live bet. So feel good about that and just enjoying the season. That's pretty much it. Keep an eye on Elijah Moore. They're moving him to the slot. And just like I had a lot of investment in ETN because it seemed like he was a really good player in college and a first-round pick and had the rapport with Lawrence that the talent should win out. I didn't expect James Robinson to be good for four weeks and get most of the carries and whatever was going on there. But, you know, I, I think you bet on talent and you hope the coaching staff is sensible. And it seems like Robert Sala, who's done a good job with the Jets this year, is sensible and that Moore is more built to play the slot and he's moving him there and we'll see. There's still Garrett Wilson. There's still the fact that jets don't throw a lot. QB one is prolific off the field, but on the field he's mostly content to hand it off. So it's uh, but keep an eye on Elijah Moore. I also pick, tried to pick up Kenny Galladay in a couple leagues. Uh, we'll see if I get him tomorrow, but Galladay I picked up earlier in the year and was saying, Oh, you know, who knows Galladay could be good. He's now back again from an injury. But they don't really have anything. The Giants have Slayton. They traded Canary's co- Tony. Wondell Robinson's kind of a gadget guy. Galladay's that number one receiver if he's ever healthy. He's the 6'4", 220 downfield guy. And they had the bye week to work them some things in. I think Galladay's going to play this week. So I don't know. I mean, don't bid a lot on him. But there's some scenario in which he becomes a useful receiver the rest of the way. That's going to do it. To sign up for the site, realmansports.substack.com. There is a free version and a pay version. Check out the free version again, realmansports.substack.com.